Thank you, Father, for loving us. Thank you for sending your son to die for us. Thank you for the absolute certainty that we have that he paid the penalty for our sins, that he was buried, that he rose again on the third day and is seated at your right hand. These are certainties. We know that he's coming again. We long for his coming. We look with eagerness, but we do not know the when. The important thing is not the when, because the most important day is not the day he comes, it's today. How am I going to use the blessed hope of his return to affect my attitude, my motives, my actions today. I pray that you will help us to get that perspective and let it change our life because there are people out there without Christ, without hope, and without eternal life, and we are on a rescue mission. Help us to play our part. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Six, only by perseverance do we realize the truth of Romans 8, 28. How we love to quote it. God causes all things to work together for good to those who love him, to those who are called according to his purpose. But it's by perseverance that we realize because he says called according to his purpose. Do you remember the distinction I gave you earlier? Patience, mental, endurance, physical, perseverance, purpose-focused, purpose-driven. James 5.11, indeed, we count them blessed who endure. You have heard of the perseverance of Job. Get this next phrase, and you have seen the end intended by the Lord. God has an end intended. You don't know what it is. You'll never realize it unless you persevere. Look at the end of Job's story. Pretty good ending, isn't it? Did he go through a lot of trial? Yeah. Why did he get the good ending? Because he persevered to the end. He who endures to the end shall be... Did Job persevere to the end? Was Job delivered? Absolutely. That's what Jesus is saying. Point seven. While perseverance develops through trials, it becomes the sustaining power in persecution. Why do some stand in persecution and others do not? Because they used their trials to develop perseverance. 2 Timothy 3, verse 11 and 12, Paul says, You have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance, persecutions and afflictions, yea, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Persecution's inevitable if we have a desire to pursue the plan and the purpose of God. You may never suffer being put tied to a rack, crucified on a cross, beheaded, but you'll face your persecution. Sometimes they come from family. Sometimes they even come from fellow believers. Just bear up under it and come through. You will be richly blessed. Point eight. Perseverance is the path to victory, the key to character, and the secret of invincibility. Perseverance is the path to victory, the key to character, and the secret 
of invincibility. Blessed is the man who endures or perseveres in trials, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. You think all are going to get it? I think not. I'll show you why in a moment. Point nine. Perseverance is the outward expression of three spiritual virtues. Perseverance is the outward expression of three spiritual virtues, faith, hope, and love. 1 Thessalonians 1.3, Paul says of the Thessalonian believers, We remember without ceasing your work of faith, your labor of love, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of our God and Father. 1 Thessalonians 5.8, he says, Let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. Faith, hope, and love. They come up again. By the way, you want to talk about something repeated, you would be astounded how many times faith, hope, and love come up connected through the New Testament. Over and over. If you have faith, you'll have hope. If you truly have hope, you'll have love. What does Paul say? Here's a good test how to get people motivated to serve. Don't intimidate them. Don't browbeat them. Don't terrify them. Build their faith, which will give them hope. What is hope? The best way to translate hope is assurance, confidence. When you have confidence and assurance in God and His plan and purpose, guess what else you'll have? Love. What does Paul tell us in Galatians 5, 6? Faith works through love. By the way, if it's not love, what does Paul say? If I give my body to be burned and I have no love... It profits me nothing. I go back to the point I made earlier. All Christian production that's motivated by fear means nothing at the judgment seat of Christ. If it's not motivated by love for Him first, it doesn't mean anything at all. Last point. Very important one. Perseverance is not guaranteed. Calvinism says if you're a true believer, you will persevere to the end. Then we might as well scrap 90% of our New Testament epistles because all of them are challenging believers not to fail to persevere. Seems strange to me that Paul and the others would spend so much time talking about something that's an impossibility. Perseverance is not guaranteed, but get this, God's faithfulness is. Perseverance is not guaranteed. God's faithfulness is. 2 Peter 2, verses 7 to 9. I'm not going to read that passage. I want you to turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Paul says in verse 10, According to the grace of God which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another builds on it. Are you building on your foundation? Let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Do you have the foundation of Christ in your life? If you've trusted him, you do. Verse 12, 
Now if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest. When? At the judgment seat of Christ. For the day will declare it. That is the day we stand in his presence. Because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. When you see the word fire, don't think hell. By the way, to bad works, fire is bad. To good works, fire is good. Notice what he says. The fire is going to test each one's work of what sort it is. If the work is wood, hay, and stubble, what happens? It gets burned up. What is wood, hay, and stubble? Not sin. You're not talking about sin here. Why? How do we know? All sin was dealt with at the cross. Their sins and iniquities I'll remember occasionally. Is that what your Bible says? Their sins and iniquities I'll remember no more. By the way, what does that statement come from? The New Covenant. Hebrews 10, 17. Sin is put away forever, removed as far as the east from the west, buried in the depths of the sea. The cross of Christ dealt with sin once for all. Well, if that's true, what's wood, hay, and stubble? I'll tell you what it is. It's Christians going out and trying to produce Christian service in their own energy and strength. It's Christians who are going out and working hard so that someone else can see that they're working hard. It's Christians who fear that if they don't produce, they'll lose their salvation, and so they're trying to produce to keep something they can't lose anyway because it's secure on the basis of the work of Christ. Wood, hay, and stubble refers to attempts to imitate what only the Holy Spirit can produce. And there's a lot of it. There's a lot of it in the church. Verse 14 says, If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. Would you say that that person endured to the end and therefore was delivered from shame? You remember that uh, John tells us in 1 John 2, verse 28 and 29, that we need to be prepared to stand before him with assurance and not be ashamed at his coming. Will there be believers who are ashamed at his coming? Oh, you bet. Will there be believers whose work will be burned up? Look at verse 15. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved yet so as through fire. If the perseverance of the saints is true, then Paul was lying in verse 15. Can you see how easy it is to just blow to smithereens a lot of these idiotic ideas that people build their whole lives and write entire books on? And by the way, it's always interesting. They sell their books. They make money on their books. We've produced hundreds of thousands of books. I've never gotten one penny from any book. You know why? Because if it's God's Word, I don't own it and I can't profit from it. And if it's not God's Word, it's not worth the money you're going to pay for it. Right? Do I buy people's books? Yeah. You know why I buy people's books? Because they sell them. <laughs> 
Is there good information in them? You bet. But I want to tell you something, and I believe this with all my heart. When they stand before the Lord expecting reward for their book, He's going to say, you have received your reward. You made it big. You got rich. What Jesus say? Don't give to be seen by men because if you give to be seen by men, you've received your reward. Don't pray to be seen by men because if you pray to be seen by men, you've received your reward. Listen, it terrifies me to think of ever putting a price on the ministry of God. I bear these things in mind every time I walk into a room. I stand up to teach you. I won't use the phrase that comes into my mind, but scared to death. Lest I abuse the most precious thing that God could give to any human being, and that is the opportunity to share the Word of God with souls that He counts so precious that He sent His Son to the cross to die for them. We need to minister in fear and trembling. And by the way, that's where there's an advantage. For those of you who say, I can't pastor, I can't teach a class, I can't do this, you know what you can do? You can sit quietly and pray and shake the world and you'll never have to face the temptation of human praise and recognition. Pray. By the way, you don't have to spend hours. Just carry on a conversation with God all day long while you're walking down the street, while you're driving, while you're shopping through the grocery store, you see people in need, pray for them. When I see kids, I think of the world they're, they're growing up in, I pray for them. Father, on a plane, I look and I see a little kid. Father, this child's growing up in a world that is going to devour them and destroy them unless you deliver them. I don't know that child's name. You know that child by name. You brought that child into the world. Please, surround that kid with protection and bring to them the conviction of their need for Christ and give someone into their world that loves them enough to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with them. 